0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. As you can probably hear from the background, uh, I'm going to try and get this as much in post as possible. I'm kind of in a big room, which is kind of fun to do this in. Um, Today we're joined by my very good friend, Vanessa Rendy, who's a client, friend, and confidant. I love it to pieces. And as always, real quick before we get started on the show, I need you guys to do two things for me. Number one, go to Apple. And number two, rate the show and leave a review. So it's kind of like three things, really. Um, Also remember, the show is actually sponsored by Adela Marcy. Dot com where we actually upload the shows abrasive where you guys can get stuff done by my friend shane hunter about like facebook psychology and stuff like that it's amazing stuff um and finally we're sponsored by vanessa uh, which should be up and live by now and it's going to go through a rebrand in in the summer of 2018 but it's going to be looking amazing so vanessa thank you for being here
1: yay thank you for having me
0: <laughs> yeah, I've not really done, I haven't really done an introduction for you just simply because like, I don't think I can encapsulate everything because you've gone from working with a high level consultant, uh, like, as a high level consultant, you've run Facebook ads, you've become an incredible coach and mentor to so many people. And you kind of did this all while like going through some stuff personally in your own life at the same time. It's kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and why i hate introductions <laughs> cuz it's hard it is hard to to say. but if i had to put it any other way um it would be you know exactly as as you just stated it has been a roller coaster and um i've had a pretty awesome career you know in corporate america and as an entrepreneur so yeah yeah that was that was pretty good
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of amazing how you did that so something i really want to kind of jump into is how did you make the jump from corporate to online what did you find is the difference like for yourself
1: well um i had a i had an awesome false sense of freedom i was a consultant for a large firm in connecticut for a long time and i became a remote employee so i was able to work from home when i wasn't traveling and basically travel all around the world but right after my son was born in 2010 they didn't want remote positions anymore. They wanted, I would still be traveling like crazy, but they wanted me to be stationed in a cubicle in their office in Denver. And so I I had a huge wake-up call. It It was a realization that I wasn't actually free just because I wasn't already in a cubicle and I wasn't really calling the shots, you know? They told me when to travel, where to go, for how long and i thought it's either now or never like my my first son was just a baby and i just couldn't see myself traveling as aggressively as i was traveling and not really have control of my life and you know what i really wanted to do and i just said screw it and i turned down that all expense paid relocation to denver and i love denver but i did not want to be stuck in a cubicle and i said to myself i'm going to do this on my own i'm going to use everything i've learned all these years And I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And then I went a step further and I was like, well, I have a baby. (laughs) And, um, you know, I don't really have a huge support system where I live. I live like 400 miles away from my family members and that kind of thing. So I'm going to do this online thing. And to be honest, I had played around with online entrepreneurship for a really long time. Like I've been playing around with blogs and creating people's websites and little graphics here and there as I'm sure you know you've done too you know we we just know too much stuff um but but i hadn't really like taken the plunge and done it full time until that time and that's when I, i i just i turned down the the job and i spent a year you know just literally after i would put my kid down i'd be up all night creating a website figuring out you know how funnels work how this works i was i was too too green to hire a mentor too green to to, to do it right. I thought that I could take what I knew and that it would be a seamless transition, but it's a totally different world online. But um, anyway, after a year, I finally did it, and within 60 days, I had my first client, and I've never looked back. So, Well, I did kind of look back.
0: <laughs> That's kind of amazing. I really love that. Yeah. So my, my question really is, how did you actually get your first client? Because I know that's something a lot of people get. And it's something I really don't understand because i work worked with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, as you know, including yourself. And I always find it fascinating because I work almost exclusively on referral. Yeah. Um, so it's like you, you don't just get an audience with me. It's like, oh, hey, Adil. It's like, no, you actually have to go through a process, which is like, you have to be referred by one of my other clients. Otherwise you don't get seen to, you just get like kind of thrown out to the back. It's kind of yeah. the way it is, um, especially in 2018 with the way I'm running my business now. But one of the things I, I've always been curious about is how do you, or anyone really, like I've spoken, okay, I'll try and clear this up. So I've had people come to my show and speak to me as well. And they're like, oh yeah, within like 60 days, I had my first three paying clients. So I'm like, what the hell did you do? Did you just like randomly walk up to people on the street? Did you go to a networking event? Did you like knock on doors? What, what, what was the process to get your first client? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you know... I- I honestly had no idea what I was doing. Um, I, I used Facebook and YouTube; um, those those are the two platforms that I focused on. And what's really interesting, and it's funny because I heard you just explain the process of how you get your clients. The niche that I was in when I first became a full time entrepreneur isn't what I do now. I was still very much in the finance world. I was still very much working with senior vice presidents of banks, you know, high security officers at the FDIC. And I just believed in it so much that I thought that I would be able to find my people through Facebook and YouTube. So what I did is and it's actually, I laugh at it now because I'm like, it was, it was so funny that I had no idea what I was doing, but that obviously I did something right. And this person found me, um, what I would do is I would create a lot of content and I'll explain what I did with that channel and all of that in a little bit. But, um, I basically just started like putting everything that I knew out there. So, um, I started creating these little short videos on YouTube. Um, I did a lot of this thing called law share. It happened here in the U S uh, like in 2008, 2009, where. You know, this big government agency was like going in on a Friday, firing everybody in the bank, you literally closing it down, selling off the assets. And then on Monday, when they reopened doors, it would be like a whole new staff, just like they did that a lot. And um, and I was part of that crew that did a lot of those different things. So when I brought, I came to my own consulting business, that's kind of like the people that I was after. I was after the bank executives that were dealing with those kind of assets. It was really complicated stuff. And it makes me smile because I just, I was, I believed in it so much that I didn't even see that many limits. Like I think about it now and I'm like, what was I thinking? How was I going to find a bank executive on YouTube? But to make a long story short at um, a guy in Pennsylvania, he, uh, you know, he's the the senior vice president of um, a very popular bank up there. Found me on YouTube. He found one of my PowerPoint presentation slides where I was talking about loss share and portfolio and mitigating losses and foreclosures. And he called me up and he sent me a twenty thousand dollar deposit. And he was my first hundred k client. Wow. He found me just like that. You yeah. know what?
0: You know what really amazes me is like. <laughs> I think my first three years in marketing, like working for myself as an 18 to like 21 years old, the biggest check I ever got from a client was like two and a half grand that I closed. I mean, the biggest check I ever made from a client on a, um, what's it called? Uh, as a percentage share was like $150,000 when I was like 19. That was like the biggest amount of money I ever made like in one day from one client giving me the money. He's like, here you go, it's in your account. Ever since then, it's kind of like one of those crazy things when I hear people say that. Now, obviously, you know, I've had people pay me like multiple five figures and 30, 40, 50 grand for like campaigns. It just makes me laugh just so much in that first three years. It took me ages to even work up the nerve to ask for more than $2,000, which is uh, (laughs) incredible. But yeah. So, something I really want to jump in with, especially with you, because you do a lot of Facebook advertising as well as like strategy building in terms of building a tribe and community around you. Like, what are some of the things that you found, especially with Facebook's recent changes? Um, in terms of organic reach what have you found is the best thing to do in order to get people to actually still get organic reach but build their groups and run Facebook ads
1: um, it all comes down to the content you know um, just being one of those disruptors like you know people like you like me we come from we're in this now but we come from a background and we brought sort of like a different skill set to this, to this arena and there's just there's, there's so much fluff and glitter and people aren't creating enough good content like it's just a lot of regurgitated shit. I'm sorry, no, a true. lot of people, a lot of people that just woke up one day and decided to be a coach or a this or a that and I'm not knocking anybody because that's that's inspiring. Well, no, I'm not knocking anybody on the getting up one day and deciding to do something radical what I am what I found myself was just really highly disgusted with seeing the same thing every day, people posting the same way, doing the same cop, the content, the opt-ins look the same, everything just looked the same. And it's like, I have found, and what worked for me even back then, you know, that I was able to reach a bank executive in Pennsylvania was just teaching what I know there isn't enough real people out there that actually know their shit. Teaching what they know their content is empty. There's no value and people are getting high. They're getting hit to that. You know, it's funny because I just recorded, um, an episode for my show called the new era of entrepreneurship, where I talk about this because I'm like, it's, it's not so much that we're changing too as entrepreneurs. It's the buying market is changing too. And it's changing fast because people are getting sick of the fluff. They're getting sick of you promising them a million dollars in 30 days when you haven't made a million dollars yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's one of those things like, um, some decided just to interject there that I wanna like jump into is, I'm gonna say the reason I knock that hustle and it's the only reason I knock it is what you actually said right after. Um, I've had so many people rip off my copy and actually, and my like, strategies and shit and go ahead the next day, teach them as if they were their own. And then you That's ask crazy. them and the thing is like I call them out on it. I've like, legitimately message saying, Oh, what's the psychology behind this? Like I won't ask them to where did you get a strategy from? It's like tell me the psychology. Tell me why this works. Do you know why it works? Do you know why these specific phrases and terms were used? Do you know why these particular pathways were used? Do you know what hook and angle was used and why that specific one? And the moment they start stuttering and jamming and like backtracking and stuff, I'll get a private message from them going, hey, why are you trying to knock my hustle, man? I'm like, why are you ripping off my content? Yeah. If I see that shit anywhere else, I will literally send you a cease and desist. I don't really give a shit about stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> what you're doing is you're perpetuating what I call lazy culture. Because you're essentially like... I've seen it with like Becky and yourself and other people where you guys put out this amazing stuff and two days later, some assholes like ripping it off and trying to put their own spin on it. I'm like, that's all good and well, but you're not changing anything. You're just putting a new voice in front of the same content.
1: Exactly. 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 And that, and that ripples down into just so many other things, you know, you, you might get a few clients like that, but are you really going to help them get results? Are you really, is there really going to be any impact there? No, because you were just talking out of your ass. So for me, what's worked them and trust me, I did, I did it all. Like you mentioned, I hid behind Facebook ads, you know, back up a little bit. My business went really well. I hit multiple six figures within a year and a half. And then I decided that because I had to divorce my ex, that I couldn't be this successful person that went back to traveling and had all this money that I needed to go through this divorce and my son and I told myself all these stories and I actually deleted my channel I closed down my business I wrapped up that contract early that con- that person went on to pay me over oh, multiple times you know I made a lot of money just with that first client and I hid for a couple of years and when I came back in 2015 I did it I, I did that I played small I was afraid of my stalker I hid behind Facebook ads I'm usually like really good at If I'm, if I'm interested in something, I'll learn it really well. And that's what happened with Facebook ads and different things. But I did the cookie cutter thing like, Oh, this must be working this. Let me follow the steps. Let me follow the mold. And I almost forgot that I'm like a legit business person. Like I have the real background, and as soon as I realized that, like this, this isn't working for me. I don't want to be a Facebook entrepreneur. I'm not a social media entrepreneur. Like that's just part of what I do, right? Like that is. You weren't. At, what, what? were? you 15 or whatever when you started copywriting? Twelve. You weren't doing it. You weren't doing it online, right? You were doing it for. No, I was it working for, offline.
0: So. I was working with my dad
1: exactly um and that's when i realized like you know what screw all of this all of these rule books all of these uh, you know I'm, i haven't had my parachute in france yet and i'm not knocking it and i will have it one day but that's not what i look for when i work with somebody Wait, you know you what, what i mean I, my 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 photo shoot in paris i okay. always say <laughs>
0: Fair
1: enough. I it, that. yeah it's fluff so when i realized that at all i was like i'm just gonna do what i know how to do and that's just show people that I know my shit. And usually because I've never been like a salesy type of person, that sells on its own. It's like the anti-sell, as they say. Just showing people what I know draws people to me, makes people want to buy from me. That And that's how I've done it. That's how I've done the tribe, the business, to answer your question.
0: That's amazing. And something I'm just going to say is like if you can sell, it, it is it is a skill. But the truth in selling now is you don't want to be abrasive well you want to be abrasive but you don't want to be like an asshole salesman and by that i mean pushy just constantly buy 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 you want to build a value and stuff and something that's actually really good to like springboard off this point is how did you find your voice because that's something that if you've noticed as well like we had discussion about this a couple of days ago i'm actually starting to find more of my voice and who i am when i write on Facebook. Because before, you know, I'd write content pieces I wouldn't write that much. I'd like Once or twice I'd write something. Now it's just kind of like on the money, constantly just giving out everything I can. What What would you do to actually get to that point? Because I still don't think i found my voice. Um, but by the time this is published, I should have. But at the same time, it's like, what did you personally do to bring out your voice, Vanessa?
1: I got radically transparent. You know, one of the first things I did when I got over my divorce and all of that and I finally started to change my life and become who I am, who I was born to be. And a little bit of my old self came back and everything is I took radical responsibility, but I still wasn't being transparent, not with myself, not with my business, not with just saying, you know, this is what I want to say. And I'm going to say it, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry if it offends you. I'm not sorry. If you unfriend me, I'm not sorry if you don't buy my stuff. And honestly, the answer to your question is I started just not giving a shit. I started just saying, this is what I want to say. This is going to bother some people. This is going to piss off some people that, you know, like I, I don't want to follow certain people anymore. I don't want to be in certain communities anymore. I just, I started doing more of what's what's in me and less of, well, if I do this, what about this, and this, and this, and this, and, this? you know, like, like worry type mentality, like just like constantly adding all these other variables instead of just saying, screw all that. I, this is what I want to teach. This is what I want to talk about. This is the message that I keep hearing today. That's how I voice. And it felt so damn good every time that I kept doing it more and more. And it felt even better to, to not care about what people think and to not care just to be transparent with myself and to be transparent with, with what I chose, obviously, because you don't have to, you know, people think that being transparent means you have to share your entire life on social media. That's not what it means that's not what it means at all. Yeah. But um I I got radically transparent with myself and with that came being radically transparent with other people of like this is who I am, this is what I'm going to do, you know. And I did the same thing at the beginning of 2017 with my my little Facebook group. I said, things are going to change in here, you know. I'm these this is what and and I had that little bit of a fear of like what if I what if this group kind of goes down the drain? And then immediately it was like it really doesn't matter. I really can't stop my. I can't stop the journey and and stop doing what I need to do to get where I want to get because I want to give in to all these constant worries and doubts and 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 all that does is you filter yourself more and more every single time and by the time you look at it, there's nothing left of you. All you're doing is just being polite and saying the same shit as everybody else online.
0: Exactly, because there's like a level that works and there's a level that doesn't. Yeah. Um. Something that I've actually found that works, especially for me, is in the sense of understanding, um, just understanding what I want to share. And when I say vulnerable, it's actually being honest about how I feel. And like, it's, it's, how do I put this? It took me a really long time to get to the point where I can actually honestly tell someone, no, this is what I stand for, this is what I don't stand for. Not because I didn't stand by those values that I put up, it's just simply because I didn't know how to express them online, if that makes sense. Because I'm a writer, so if I don't write eloquently or write properly, I feel like I'm not doing my job. But at the same time, I've realized when I speak in real life, you know this better than anyone, is I'm very opinionated about certain things. Like I, it, I just come to, I just come out with it. it it's going to happen. So that's yeah. um, so that's actually really interesting. Now, something I do want to pivot to directly here is something about like um, mindsets. Because that's quite interesting. Like you went straight into like multiple six figures and there is a mindset for it. I mean, you've come back, you've built, I think you've got a real estate business as well right now.
1: Yeah, we do have a real estate business. My husband is the, my husband, I'm i on the back end of that, but I basically run it as well. Um, that's one of my streams of income because that's my background is in mortgage-backed securities and real estate investments and that kind of thing, so
0: yeah, so yeah. like um, what was the mindset for you to actually have that six-figure income? Like how did you get your mind to be like, okay, this is acceptable for me?
1: Um, it, it, it's that radical responsibility. I literally got tired of my own bullshit. I got tired of my own excuses. I got tired of, you know, feeling a certain way and allowing it to stay too long. And, and, and it all starts with that, you know, and, and we've been friends for a while now. And it's you've probably, reinforced. yeah, you've probably seen me go from like talking a hundred percent about strategy to now having that 80, 20 with mindset, because not only am I trained in it from all my corporate leadership days and, and all that Ken Blanchard and leadership psychology stuff that I did, but it's a huge part of making money, especially as an entrepreneur. Like if your mind is not right. You know, it's like that meme, and I just talked about this too. That says, and I don't know who who said this. So if you know whoever's listening, I'm not plagiarizing. I just don't know who said it. It's uh the every next level will require a different version of you, and I saw that, and it just hit me so hard because it was like, what am I doing? You know, I'm used to making six figures. I made a fat bonus in corporate. I made over three hundred thousand in my my first year and a half. You know full-time entrepreneur thing before I closed everything down and here I am doing notary work and little real estate closings for 120 and you know I I was still doing business I just wasn't doing big business which is what I'm used to and that radical responsibility was like what the hell are you doing you know if you want to get to that next level you have to be ready for it add on you know let me give you a really good example think about all the people that win the lottery that go broke in a year Yep. They were not ready for that next level. No,
0: they weren't. I they mean, weren't
1: ready for it, you know?
0: It's surprising because it's not just the people who win the lottery. It's like athletes.
1: Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Everybody.
0: There's a story that Shaquille O'Neal shared, which is amazing, which was when he, after he got his first like signing check and stuff like that, he went out and bought all this stuff. And his team accountant, because like, for the Lakers at the time, they had an accountant for the team, so as soon as he signed up, um his accountant called me what the hell are you doing Shaq? and he was like oh you know i'm just balling out and he goes okay you can keep balling out and you can end up broke and destitute just like every other player five years after you leave the league or you can be smart and start looking at your investment portfolio and stuff like that so Shaq actually started to take like night night school uh classes and like when he was when he wasn't playing on understanding investments, properties and business and like stuff like that. He got his like a degree in that. And as soon as he did that, yeah. like during his time as um, an NBA All-Star, this guy was investing in like restaurants and businesses and everything. And this guy was killing it. So when he left uh when he left the NBA, he actually left with more money than um most like within five years, he still had more money than most people that were playing. Yeah. And and, yeah. It's, and it's all literally down to the fact that his mindset had changed he's like okay i'm used to this level of wealth this is fine i accept it and i've actually and again it's that level of um the education that's that like he thinks because his mindset was i've earned this place i should actually be able to do it
1: exactly yeah and and the same thing works for us you know we we can't get to that six figure six figure mark until until we've learned the lesson, whatever that is, you know, had he not gone out and started splurging, his accountant wouldn't have busted his bubble. And he wouldn't, you know, have ended up how he ended up, he would have ended up broke, like all the NFL stars and the lottery winners. And the point was like, that was that was my my little bubble was like, if I want to get to that level, I need to get my head in the game. And all that next level is, is just what's stopping you? What's, what are the sabotaging behaviors? And that's why I like to use the lottery example, because it's not that those people didn't deserve the lottery. It's not that they couldn't have made better choices. It's just that mentally they were so used to the struggle and the feast and the famine and this and that, that their behaviors and their way of thinking and believing stayed the same. So the money was just like gone, you know? And, um, for me, it was the total contrary, contrary, I did not win the lottery. But I had a moment of radical responsibility where I was like, I've been dragging myself down for so long. And I really need to get to that next level. And for me, it was like, I want to at least get back to how I was. And then I quickly realized, no, I don't want to be that person. Because that person was also, you know, needing a lot of growth. But um, once I finally just realized that it, it took a lot of discipline, discipline has been my word for like the past, 2 or 3 years. And it's not only about like going to the gym and eating right, which I do have to work on as <laughs> most people do. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's about my self-discipline, about not letting my emotions get the best of me, about not letting, you know, I really had to tune in there and that's when I really just started bringing that message to my followers, my fan, my writing, whatever. I, I hate to use the word fan, but um because without that discipline to say, Oh no, you know what? I feel like crap right now. If I keep doing this, it's going to lead to this. And then, you know, everything else goes down the drain. Um, you know, or if I allow myself to get distracted, then I won't finish what I need to finish. And I'm going to feel like even more like crap. It was me constantly reaching for that next level of where could I not waste so much time? Where could I take better control of my emotions? Where could I stop? using past people and experiences as crutches, you know, because we don't realize it, but we get comfortable in that level. I didn't realize it, but I was, I was comfortable blaming my ex because he was crazy. And then the light bulb hit and it was like, wait a minute. No, you know, you're responsible for this. If you want to go back to making six figures, you have to stop blaming everything and everyone, and you have to accept responsibility and do it.
0: Yeah, I agree entirely that One of the things that I've actually found, because everyone has their own way to like raise their game, right? Yeah. Like, mine is surprisingly... surprisingly Like, they always tell you, you know, live uh, beneath your means. Yeah. I've actually yeah. found that doesn't work for me. What actually works for me is I have to live somewhere that seems impossible for me to live in, and then I make it. <laughs> the pressure? Yeah, the pre- <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Like, I think when I first, like, to give you an idea, like, the place I live in now, um, that I've lived in for three years now, right, my friend used to live here before me, and he lived there for three years, so, like, we're taking that six years ago, uh, 2012, I moved into a penthouse apartment in my home, t- in my home city that I grew up in, Leicester, in England, and it was, um, I think my monthly expenses for me, my then, you know, fiancé and whatever it was, was, um, 1500 pounds a month, or like 20, 2500 a month, right? And that was like bills, rent, everything. Not, not a bad run. It's a two bedroom, yeah. massive place. Um, and then I moved around a little bit, you know, traveled abroad, did my old thing. Um, and then eventually, like, my bills kind of went, they stayed at like 1500 no matter where I went, right? And I didn't have me like want to get higher than that because I hey, was I'm good, whatever, you know, it's all good and well, blah. Then I moved to London. And, like, to give you an idea, like, my monthly expenses in London were, like, $4,000 a month. So, they basically went up by $1,500. Um, and then there was, like, other things, like, if I wanted to go out because there's so much to do in London and all this, that, the other. All in all, like, my, everything went up. Do you know what happened to my income?
1: It went up as well.
0: Tripled. <laughs> and like, it, like, I started coasting. It's like really weird. I started coasting on six figures. It was really, really weird. Like my base amount that I'd make every single year was just like a happy, like six figure dollar amount, not six figure pound amount um, every single year. And that was because I was like, I don't need this much to live. I don't really need to work that hard. You know, I'm just got an easy life. Um, but I realized as well, like what that was doing was setting me up for failure because then we get comfortable. So I made myself really uncomfortable recently because I put myself under a lot of, like I'm under a lot of pressure at the start of the year where I had um, so much to do in such a little space of time and now like now we're in what I think February March when the show comes out everything is golden and I can say that just simply because I know the strategy I would have used to get to where I am it's like predictable um, and that that's the key thing is that you don't want to get stagnant because that shit never works.
1: And see, that in its own madness is discipline because you know that it works for you. So putting yourself in something affordable would be un discipline you know that it's going to result in you not performing at your best right and and that's what did it for me too is just being really aware of that I just I just got tired of being one of those people that was like life was happening to me and my emotions are happening to me and I can't do anything about it and and it's like no when we feel like that it's like the end of the world but then when we're on top of it you know we forget what that feels like and I just constantly kept reminding myself like I can do this I just need to get rid of all these bullshit excuses like you know, yeah, I have anxiety, yes, I don't want to talk to people sometimes, sometimes I don't want to leave my house, yes, all that stuff happens, and sometimes I'm a social butterfly, um, but you know, I I can still, as I've proven to myself, make a lot of money, so why am I not?
0: Yeah, it's like one of those little things, there's the pressure that you need, and something that, um, I think one of my jujitsu idols, like, like, love, um, referencing, Henzo Gracie actually said it best, he was like, You can't make diamonds unless there's pressure. Exactly.
1: So that's basically how
0: it is. Now something, because we're reaching that point in my show, wherever you want to like jump into this, it's kind of like, so when you had your ass handed to you and your confidence was kind of knocked and rocked a little bit, what was it that helped you get back on your feet and actually make moves?
1: Um. It was the burning desire to change what was, it was the, the burning desire to just, when you just look around and you can't accept your life, you can't accept the way that you look in the mirror. You're just like, I I'm just, this is like rock bottom, you know, for me, I wasn't rock bottom, even though I initiated the divorce, I initiated the restraining order. I brought that whole experience upon myself. I did it to save my life but you kind of just get into this slump and you stay there and i i was done being there i was done being there like i almost lost my home i almost declared bankruptcy i closed down you know a multiple six figure business i couldn't possibly sabotage myself anymore and i just got really tired of of that and and a lot of times we just don't use the evidence that we already have at all like it's like if you did it before, you can do it again, you can do it better, you know? And even if you haven't done it and it's just been a dream that's been with you for such a long time, it's there for a reason. And I just, I just knew it. I just looked around and I'm like, this is not the life that I was meant to live. I've traveled all around the world. I've worked in Barcelona for a month, gotten all my expenses paid. I've gone back and forth to Madrid. I've I've had such an amazing life. Like this is not where I'm supposed to be right now. And really what you, if you want to know the one single truth that brought me back into entrepreneurship was I had a huge desire to help people. What I went through was so, was so bad, right? That because I made it, I was like, people need to hear this. And back then I wasn't even like making money online. I was doing, I had a little local real estate business thing going on, not even selling homes. I wasn't making six figures, but you know, I wasn't even thinking about the money. The, my biggest driving force was I I don't want to live like this anymore. And, and I like, my story is so big that it must be meant for people to hear it for people to know that. And I know that this probably sounds cliche. And even as I say it, I'm like, ugh. But that's really what happened to me. Like, if you know my story, or if you've heard it before, or, or you've heard parts of it here on this show, I was just really down in the dumps, and I didn't want to be there anymore. And when you start to feel that rock bottom, you know, you start to get a lot of different feelings. You know, like I want to help other people, but I, I can't even help myself. And one thing leads to another to where I was just like, that's it. And I started, I started doing it. I was I was scared of live streaming, and I would live stream anyway. I was scared to post on social media, and I would do it anyway. Mind you, I had good excuses. I actually had a real stalker. I had a real person hacking my computers. I had real restraining orders. You know, I, I had every right to hide behind that, but I just got so tired of it. Damn. But, you know? Yeah.
0: that's not a short
1: answer no no it it doesn't (laughs)
0: need to be I actually wanted you to go into depth because that's actually really, really true which brings me to like my second question here is if you could give three pieces of advice for an entrepreneur that's hitting a plateau or they're unable to get to that next level what three pieces of advice would you give them
1: to an entrepreneur that's ready to the get ready to get to the next level and okay so The first piece of advice when you hit that plateau, which I've done it many times, is to edit your entire world mercilessly. Nine out of ten times when I've hit a plateau, it's been something that I just haven't wanted to let go of in my life, you know, and it's all connected, whether it was a relationship or not taking better care of my body or it's 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 something that needed to be cut out, readjusted, reframed, whatever you know, and I could talk about the mindset part of that till I'm blue in the face, but look at your life because there's something that you need to edit to get to that next level. Like we just used the million, the, the lottery example. It's not that you can't get there. It's not that you don't deserve it. It's not that you can't even handle it. Of course you can handle it. it. Is that, you know, there's something that you need to learn, something that you need to adjust before you can get there. And usually that's when I start looking inside and seeing, you know, what can I edit? Is it my relationships? Is it my relationship with myself? You know, so that's number one. Um, my number two with the plateau thing is you're working too damn hard. I have found for myself and my clients that usually when we hit that plateau, we've lost our sense of, of real self-care and self-love. And I don't mean just going to get a a pedicure. I don't mean just like, you know, getting a manicure and your hair done or whatever guys do when they're self care time.
0: <laughs> <I don't laughs> going to the gym, to. getting your
1: ass kicked. I think mean, that's it just me.
0: I think that's literally <laughs> just my way of like self care. What's your self care, idol? I go to the gym, get my ass kicked. Really? Yeah, that's how I look out for myself.
1: <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> No, but usually, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to use a real life example right here because I'm a mom and I don't like to say that I work only with mompreneurs or moms or like my market and my target people is so broad because of my story and everything. But I do relate to moms. And a lot of times what I hear, and a lot of people can relate to this is that they get so wrapped up in the everyday life and just you know just like oh I do take time to myself I went to the gym and it's like that's not really time for yourself if you didn't really release if you didn't really you know like have more sex go to the gym an extra hour do something different because there's usually something there when you've plateaued that says you know you need to you need to look inside and take care of yourself a little bit more from the inside and i could give you a million examples but I've been there so many times. My clients have been there so many times where it's not the strategy at all. It's 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 just something that you're not allowing yourself. So therefore, you can't receive what you want to receive, which is that next level.
0: Yep. I agree with you entirely there. That's very, very true. Vanessa, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really, really, appreciate you being here. Guys, check out Vanessa's uh, website, vanessarende.com. That's R-E-N-D-E dot com links as always will be in the description reach out to her like seriously don't stalk her though because then i've got to have a, like a problem with you and that's not <laughs> gonna be fun because vanessa's like a sister to me so you know it's gonna be one of those weird situations for you um because i don't want to lose a fan but at the same time it's kind of fucked up if you're stalking <laughs> one of my friends so you know kind of a situation right there but that being said vanessa thank you so much for being here guys hit her up online she's super fun and easy to talk to um, and genuinely one of my best friends and one of my best clients that I've had, uh, and continue had to have, um, on their business. So like check her stuff out. She knows what she's doing and definitely just a real, real amazing human being. So check out vanessarendy.com. And as always head on over to Apple, uh, leave us a review, subscribe, um, and a comment. So I always check those. Thanks guys. And thanks again, Vanessa for being here.
1: Thank you.